All right, here we go with the news for August 13th, 2020. I'm recording this on the on the 12th, the night of the 12th. I'll let it go about 6.30 in the morning on the 13th. So anyway, I had a pretty good week getting the new bid down, new company down, learning the rules, getting things better. The more I know, the better off I'm going to be. Got a little ways to go before I feel pretty comfortable, but we're working on it. Every company's got their ways of doing things. And everything here is, makes sense. It's just different, that's all. So I got to get used to that. I've been doing things, like I said, my own way for a long time, and now I just got to change things. That being said, uh, you know, we just recently had the meteor shower going on. Right now it's the peak. I saw some last week while I was driving. There's no better time to see it than when you're in the middle of nowhere and you're driving down the road and all of a sudden, wham, you know, the meteor just comes shooting across the sky. I saw a few, but I certainly didn't see 40 or 50 per hour. I saw maybe one every two or three hours, you know, two or three every couple hours. So, you know, that's all right. You know, it wasn't, you know, maybe I'll see some more tonight. Now, the peak was now the 12th. It was at the 11th and the 12th. But you're going to still see these things until the uh, till the 27th. And, uh, in fact, I saw the brightest one probably about, oh, I think it was the 8th or the 7th or the 8th. This thing was brilliant shooting across the sky. So that was the best. So it doesn't, just because, you know, the peak is when you'll see the most, but it doesn't mean you'll, that's when you'll see the brightest because there's always some in the, you know, spread out and you might catch them later because we're traveling in its path. And that's why you're seeing the, the meteorite, you know, you're seeing the meteorites, its remains of of these things in the past. So anyway, that that's, other than that, there's not much going on. So let's get on with the show. Uh, if you saw, by the way, if you saw any meteorites, uh, give me a call, 414-666-1926. Let me know what you saw and how you, you know, what you thought. I'd like to hear about it. All right, let's get on with the show. Keeping that hammer down all across the nation Checking cities off his list Sharing stories of the road right here on his station You are listening to the Kingfish Yes, you've tuned in to the Kingfish Radio Network mm. Expand your mind on the open road with Kingfish right here. All right. Let's start off with a big one here. I-70 is currently closed. Now, this is August 12th, August 13th. Sorry, August 13th. And I'm recording this on August 12th. So as of right now, and it is uh, night, uh, 9 o'clock at night, the 2107 Central Standard Time. I-70 is shut down in Colorado. It's I-70 is shut down. Now, what that is, is that uh, Glenwood Canyon between mile marker 116 and 140, you know, right there by uh, Glenwood Springs, all right? You know, just uh, just west of Dot Zero. You know, it's real pretty there. It's one of my favorite drives. Colorado River goes through the canyon and you got the rail going through there and all that good stuff and you got a couple tunnels and it's an elevated highway. Anyway, what you got there 
is you got a forest fire and you got a forest fire. Now they got some detours, but the detours aren't going to be real truck friendly. Now, personally, myself, I've never taken any of these detours, so I can't say anything about them from personal experience, but you know, they didn't look too fun on the map. So my suggestion is if you got to take 70 across and you can shoot up to 80 and then go across that way, like you're going to call, you know, Chicago or something or New York, you know, go ahead and just do that. Go like 15. If you're on the 15, just shoot up straight to 80 and, you know, grab the 80 across. Or if you're in Southern California, leaving, you know, like let's say LA or something, let's say you're going from LA to Chicago. I would suggest, uh, you know, 15 to 40, 40 up to the 44 and the 44, you know, up to the 57 and all that. Yeah, that's the way I would go. Uh, so I would either take the 40 or the 80. I would, uh, you know, just stay away from the 70. This may be all cleared, but they're saying, you know, from what I'm reading, it's a 3,200 acre fire so far. And things have been pretty dry up there. So I think it's going to be going for a while. But that being said, maybe they'll have it cleared up by the time this gets released. So my suggestion is, you know, look at the CODOT, that's a Colorado DOT, see what they got to say and go from there and make your choice. Because the detours they got are probably not going to be a lot of fun once you get on I-70. So my suggestion is just stay away from it. That's what I'm going to do. Because I got to go that way this week, unless they open it up. And if they open it up, then it's no big deal. But if they haven't opened it up by then, then I'm definitely going to, you know, from I'm going from... Ontario, California to Chicago, basically. So what I'm going to do is just go up to 15 to 80 and then 80 across. It doesn't really add that much. I'm not sure how many miles it is exactly. You'll have to figure it out. But it's, you know, it's pretty flat. It's not a big deal. So that's the way I'm going to go, you know, this time of year. Now, if it was winter, I definitely would grab the 40 and go straight across the 40 and go that way. Yeah, if it was winter time, that's the way I definitely would go. But, you know, you got to do what you got to do. So anyway, that's what's going on. So let's move on to the next thing. All right, let's see what we got today. Wow, this is a crazy one. This might affect us. Well, it's not going to affect truck drivers directly. But what it's going to happen is, is that uh, New York has put up quarantine checkpoints. Apparently, they're all over the state. And if you're in a vehicle, you know, car, they're going to nail you. Now it says here, uh, it says, let's go. New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio made the announcement about the checkpoints on August 5th. The checkpoints are meant to ensure that travelers comply with quarantine requirements to self-isolate for two weeks upon entry into the city. If they have visited 35 designated states or territories with high COVID transmission rates. Well, we all know which states those are, don't we? I'm not going to read them off. You know, pretty much all the ones with people that live in them, the bigger states. Anyway. The checkpoints are opening at undisclosed key entry points in New York City on Thursday, August 6th, and could continue for the foreseeable future. The fine for travelers who refuse to travel, you know, to fill out a travel form, I guess they're going to give you a travel form if you're in a car, $2,000. Violation of quarantine can, can be a result of $10,000 fine. Involuntary quarantine is also possible for violators. Instead of saying, you know, you know, involuntary quarantine. Why don't they just say we're going to put your ass in jail? So, I don't know, you know, but we're, you know, truck drivers are essential workers. So what they ask the drivers, these things don't apply to us, but this is what they ask of truck drivers. Self-monitor for symptoms, you know, if you have any problems, a fever and cough, whatever, then uh, get yourself checked out. Limit your activities involving contact with other people for 14 days prior to the purposes that exempted them from self-quarantine requirement to the extent possible. 
and if staying longer than 36 hours in New York State, seek diagnostic testing for COVID-19 as soon as possible on arrival within 24 hours. Yeah, good luck with that. Now, critics of the random travel checkpoints say that they could increase traffic congestion and that they are an invasion of privacy. Well, you know, at this point, I don't give a shit about privacy. I just want things to calm down, but I don't want to, I just don't want things to get any worse, I guess is what I'm coming at. So basically what it comes down to is right now, truck drivers are exempt because they need the stuff we bring, but things are getting rough enough to where they feel like they got to do this. So they went from not doing something like this to doing something like this, to go from this to playing at the drivers. Isn't that far, far off? So it's something we got to keep in mind now. Is it, you know, it's a big deal, you know? It truly is. Um, is it going to affect us? I don't know. Hopefully not. Hopefully we'll get through this COVID thing and we can move on to something else. But that's just the way it goes. All right, let's let's uh, let's get moving on. Uh, all right. The stupidity of people is just amazing to me. Anyway, U.S. Border Patrol agents apprehended 53 undocumented immigrants found in a refrigerated trailer at a Texas checkpoint. That's what I'm talking about, being stupid. The incident occurred late, uh, late during the evening of August 5th when a tractor hauling a trailer approached the 135 checkpoint north of Laredo. A service canine alerted authorities to the trailer and a search was conducted. Of course there was. During the search, 53 illegal immigrants were discovered in the trailer, according to U.S. Customs and Border Protection press release. All of the individuals were illegally present in the United States from the country of Mexico, Honduras, Guatemala, and El Salvador. You know, here's the thing. If, if you're that driver and somebody gets hurt, okay, somebody gets hurt, you are toast. If somebody dies and you're doing illegal smuggling, you know, human smuggling, you are going to jail and you will probably never get out. You know, what little money they're paying you, was it worth it? Probably not. Think about it before you make that decision. You know, you're really off better not doing it. Especially, you know, it's going to get hot inside that trailer. We've all unloaded these damn trailers. We know how hot they can get. And then you're going to close the door and race across the interstate in the sun. No, 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 no. Bad idea. Don't do it, drivers. Just don't do it. All right, let's get moving on. All right, up in Maryland, they're going cashless on the toll roads. So... What they're going to do is they're going to nail you with, uh, you know, if you get an easy pass, they're going to get you that way. Or they're going to get you with your license plate or, you know, whatever. But they're going to get you. It's just now there's no human being you can give cash to. So it's going to be video. They're going to get you with video. Or they're going to get you with the easy pass. My recommendation, just go get the damn easy pass. That doesn't cost anything. And, you know, just you'll use it when you use it. And it's cheaper. Well, it's in Chicago, it's cheaper anyway. Uh, it's probably cheaper here too in Maryland. Uh, I have one for Chicago. I use it in Chicago and uh, it's a lot cheaper than paying online. If you drive through the toll in Chicago, the, uh, you know, they'll give you a fine if you don't go online and pay within a certain amount of days. I'm assuming Maryland's probably going to be about the same way. If you don't pay within a certain amount of time, they're going to charge you more. So anyway, this is for Maryland. I'm just using Chicago as an example because that's what I use in my car all the time. So I know how the tolls work on that one. And the truck, the company pays for it, so I have no idea how that works. You know, how they pay the tolls and all that. So anyway, if, if you're in Maryland, uh, they're going to send you a bill. If you don't have an easy pass, just be prepared. All right, no more cash tolls. It's a permanent thing now. All right, let's move on. Well, here's an interesting one. Some driver, this is on the I-15. This must have happened just like right after I went through there because I didn't see this at all. And I was on the I-15 right about that same time. 
So anyway, this was Saturday morning at 4 a.m. I'm assuming that's Pacific Standard Time. Now, the Virgin River is, you know, you, you got Nevada, then you hit Arizona, then you hit Utah, and you're in, you know, Arizona for like, I don't know, what is it, like 30 miles or something? It's not very much, 27 miles. I don't remember the distance. It's not very much at all. In fact, there's like nothing there except the, you know, the 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 Virgin River Gorge. And, uh, you know, it's a beautiful place. Absolutely beautiful. You know, it's just absolutely beautiful. It's stunning. You know, you got these high cliffs all around you. And, you know, it, and you got the river going right by you. And it's it just amazing. But anyway, uh, bridge number seven at mile marker 23. Uh, let's see if it says which way he was going. Nah, it doesn't say which way he was going. Uh, it says here, a truck driver is lucky to have survived a fire crash that left his truck's trailer dangling off the Arizona bridge over the weekend. Looking at the photo, the truck is just hanging off the edge of the, of the thing, right? They, they crashed, occurred around 4 a.m. on Saturday, August 8th, in the uh, Virgin River Gorge area in Arizona. Police said the truck driver was hauling a load of food in I-15, mile marker 23, when he lost control, uh, taking out almost 100 feet of guardrail on bridge number 7. Now, from the photo, I can't really tell which way he's going, north or south. He sure stopped traffic, that's for sure, because he went across the whole highway. The crash left the uh, trailer dangling over the edge of the bridge. Oh, that's the trailer. Okay. It's kind of hard to tell because the, the fire destroyed everything. Anyway, fortunately, the driver was able to kick out the truck's windshield and escape from the mangled cab just minutes before the truck exploded in a fireball. When authorities arrived on the scene, the driver was nearby and unhurt. And I'm looking at the photo. It's just a mess. You can't even tell that that was a tractor at one time. So apparently it shut down the, uh, it doesn't say what kind of food he had, and it shut down the I-15 for 13 hours. Apparently there's an investigation, and then the driver has, you know, he got away with no scratches. You know, he's he's perfectly fine. So he really got lucky on that one. So good for you, driver. But uh, slow down in the gorge. You know, I don't know what he was doing, but, you know, the gorge is very twisty. It's very... Uh, you know, it's very left, right, left all the way through. And so it's, you know, it's not the place you want to be speeding. I don't know if he was speeding. I'm not going to say he was, but you know, if he was, don't, don't speed through the Virgin River Gorge. It's a, it's not a good place to do that. It's a beautiful, beautiful drive. One of my favorite ones. In fact, uh, hopefully one of these days soon I'll, uh, in fact, I think I got some video going through the gorge. I'll post it up on the YouTube channel. Maybe you guys will get into that. It's uh, just a beautiful, beautiful drive. You know, I'll wait till I get north and south and put them both up because the view is just amazing. All right, let's get moving on. You know, here's something I would never think to do, right? Now, Celadon, everybody knows Celadon. Celadon was a big company. And they were, you know, kind of shocking that they, they ended up, what happened to them, they ended up closing. It's really shocking to me. Anyway, a federal judge denies Celadon executives' request for Mexican vacation. So William Meek, all right, let me, base, let me get this okay out, all right? William Meek, Celadon's former president and chief operating officer, faces multiple fraud charges and is currently awaiting trial. But that didn't stop Meek from asking a federal judge for permission to go on vacation for his 40th birthday party. All right, the federal judge denied Meek's uh, vacation request. Now, this isn't the guy that was there when they closed. He did, He's the one that did all the damage. So Meek served as Celadon's president and COO until April 2017. That was three years ago. So he was 37 when this all went down, when he got, you know, when they caught him. Anyway, Meek and former Celadon chief financial officer Bobby Peevler were both charged with multiple counts of fraud in December of 2018. 
Department of Justice, U.S. Department of Justice, called the fraud a complex securities and accounting fraud scheme. So basically what they were doing was they were, you know, you know, I don't know. They were messing with the books, you know. They were accused of buying and selling trucks at inflated prices to make, uh, you know, to make Celadon's financials look better than they were. You know, and I'm sure they were doing all kinds of other stuff that I probably would not understand. But not long after Celadon filed for bankruptcy, okay, the bankruptcy was the largest in trucking history, leaving 4,000 people jobless. All right. Now I would have thought it would be more than that, but that's what they say, 4,000. Plus you got the Canadian Vision Division, which is, oh, I can't think of the name of that company up there that they owned. That was the biggest Canadian uh, company to go under, too. They had like a bunch of different, you know, subsidiaries. I think it was like 25 or something. Places I'd never even heard of. But anyway, it was a big outfit. Well, my well anyway. While Meeks is awaiting trial, he just he uh, just have court approval before traveling outside. So before he can leave Southern Indiana, he needs court approval. And what does he ask for? He says, "I want to go to Mexico." You know what? I bet if he went to Mexico, he wouldn't come back. All right, he wanted to go to uh, Playa del Carmen, south of Cancun, uh, September third to the 9th, to celebrate his fortieth birthday with his wife and friends. You know that request was denied. The court. Here's what the court said. Okay, this is hilarious. The court finds that Mr. Meek's requested international travel is not advisable. Southern District of Indiana, Indiana Chief Judge Jane Magnus Stinson wrote, as an initial matter, international travel generally increases the risk of flight. Moreover, the reason for the travel, Mr. Meek's 40th birthday is not the sort of extraordinary event that presents good cause to incur risk. It may be a while before Mr. Meeks gets to take a tropical vacation. Meeks and Peebler trial is scheduled to begin next May. So here's, you know, basically four, over 4,000 people lost their jobs, you know, and the, the repercussions from this is probably quite a bit more. And these guys are playing games, you know, because they were trying to make themselves look better. All these people lost their jobs, and these and this idiot wants to go on vacation to Mexico. You know, so apparently he's not hurting for cash. How many of you people got enough money to go to Mexico for a vacation right now? I doubt very many, you know. So what's up with that? So, uh, you know, Mr. Meeks, if you're guilty and they they prove that you were shady, I hope they throw you in, uh, you get a vacation, but not the kind of vacation you're thinking of. So unbelievable. All right, let's get moving on. Oh, you know, what's going on? <laughs> you know, what's going on here in America? We're going crazy. You know, but things aren't better in a lot of places either. So just right now, we have a lot of cameras everywhere pointing at everything. Anyway, authorities in Chicago responded to overnight violence and looting by shutting down some bridges and roadways to prevent access to the downtown area. This was Monday, whatever the date was on Monday. Uh, today is the 12th. So what was that? Uh, it's Wednesday. This will be released on the 13th. So what was that like the 10th or something? Anyway, um, oh my goodness. Widespread unrest and looting have been reported since around midnight on Monday, August 10th. Yeah, there it is. After an officer-involved shooting that took place on Sunday afternoon. You know, hey, the cops shot somebody. Protest the cops. Don't rob the stores. It kind of takes away from what you're protesting. It's, you know, it, 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 it's not good. But, you know, protest what you think you need to protest. Protest things that you're, you know, you think are an injustice, but don't rob the stores. You're killing the message there. Anyway, 
Two other people were shot. More than 100 were arrested, and 13 police officers were hurt in the early morning hours as crowds broke window, store windows and stole items. Chicago officials responded by raising all bridges to the downtown area except LaSalle Street in an attempt to limit access to the downtown area. The bridges have all been lowered at this time. However, several road closures remain in effect on Monday morning, according to the Chicago Office of Emergency Management. Now, when I left, I got in Sunday morning to Chicago. I live in Wisconsin. I got in Sunday morning, and I didn't have any issues whatsoever. You know, I made it home, and uh, I didn't see anything. So, you know, that being said, I don't know. You know, I don't know what's going on. So, we'll see what happens. All right. Now, that's that. All right, that's in our past, what I just said. Now, this is our future here in Chicago. This is, well, I don't, under, you know, I, to be honest with you, I don't get the protesting on the on the highways. You know, go go protest the cops, go to protest City Hall, you know, go dump some tea in the lake for all I care. But, you know, I'm totally down with people, you know, yelling about injustice when they see it. But shutting down the interstate doesn't make any sense to me, and looting the trucks doesn't make a lot of sense to me either. Anyway, organizers have confirmed that an earlier scheduled protest will shut down an Illinois interstate. Uh, okay. Now, uh, the groups, there's three groups in Chicago, and they want to shut down the Dan Ryan. And this is going to be on Saturday, August 15th at 12 p.m., okay? That's a... Uh... Oh, I thought I thought Sunday was the fifteenth, so I'm going to miss that one. Thank good, because I won't get home till Sunday morning. So, 12 p.m. on August fifteenth, they're going to shut down the Dan Ryan. They want twenty-five thousand people. So far, eighteen hundred have scheduled to attend. Uh, I guess they're putting this stuff on Facebook, and you know it's going to be a nightmare. All right. Uh, I don't know. It's going to be. You know, just if you're going to be in the area, stay away from the Dan Ryan. Now, the Dan Ryan, this is how the Wikipedia explains it. The Dan Ryan is a freeway in Chicago that runs from the Circle Interchange with Interstate 290 near downtown Chicago through the south side of the city. It is designated as both I-90 and 94 south of 66th Street, a distance of 7.44 miles. South of 66th Street, the freeway meets the Chicago Skyway, which travels southeast. That's if you're going to Indiana, it's a good way to get out of town. The I-90 designation transfers over to the Skyway, while the Dan Ryan Expressway retains the 94 designation and continues south for four miles, ending in an exchange with the 57. This is a total distance of 11.47 miles. So basically what it comes down to is if you're going to be downtown Chicago in the 94 or 90 area, uh, just you know, don't do that on Saturday. Just stay away from the whole area. All right, it's just just for your, just for the best. Just stay away from the area, and I'm sure all the bridges will be up downtown and all that stuff all over again. So, if you're a driver, stay away because, well, who knows? All right, let's move on. All right, here we go. Again, <sighs> getting through the news, all this depressing stuff. On Monday, the CVSA announced that International Road Track 2020 will be taking place through North America, September 9th, 10th, and 11th. Roadway, road, roadway, road check was originally scheduled. Maybe I just said roadway because I used to work for a roadway. Anyway, road check was originally scheduled to take place on May fifth, sixth, and seventh. This is the big annual inspection. You know, they they focus on certain things and you know, basically, uh, you know, brakes, lights, tires, things like that. They always pick something. Last year, I think it was steering. 
It was all about steering. Or was it brakes? I think it was steering. Anyway, the focus of this year's road track will be on driver requirements. According to the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration data, that's the FMCSA, that in 2019, 3.36 million uh, commercial motor vehicle inspections were conducted. And during these inspections, uh, 944,794 driver violations were discovered, of which 195,545 were out of service conditions, uh, out of hours, uh, didn't take your 30-minute break, stuff like that, you know, all those kind of things. Although the coronavirus pandemic understandably shifted priorities and personnel during the spring, the commercial motor vehicle law enforcement community has reasserted its focus. Uh, let's see. During the 72-hour road check, 15 trucks or buses inspected on average every minute across North America. So basically what it comes down to is that between September 9th, 10th, and 11th, people with issues with their licenses and things like that will take the time off. And people who don't have issues will be driving up and down the road and get pulled over and have to deal with what's just paperwork. Uh, everybody knows when the check's coming up. So, Also, even though they're going to be looking for license, out of date, uh, medical cards, stuff like that, uh, I suggest, this is a big suggestion, I suggest that what you do is, you know, make sure your lights work, make sure your brakes work. Make sure your, uh, you know, brakes, lights, tires. Make sure your tires are up to spec. Check your tires. Check your lug nuts. Check, you know, they're looking for low-hanging fruit. And if they can nail you, they will. Uh, also, uh, clean the crap off your dashboard. They see a bunch of shit on your dashboard. They're going to pull you in, okay? You know, they, they see a mess on your dashboard. You know, or they see a bunch of trash on a floor and a passenger side through that little window. You know, the little window on the passenger side, guess what? The officer's standing right there at that level. And he sees all that trash right there. He's going to pull your ass in because you're not taking your trash out. You're not taking care of your truck. You're probably not doing other things you need to do. Like I said, they're looking for low-hanging fruit. The whole thing about the inspection is bigger numbers than what they had the year before. So they want low-hanging fruit. They want to get you in. They want to nail you. They want to get out, give you a fine, shut you down, whatever it is. So clean up your truck. No, like I said, low-hanging fruit. Don't be low-hanging fruit. Make it hard for them. You know, don't give them a reason to pull you in. More than likely, they probably won't, unless they see something obvious, because there's plenty to choose from. So keep that in mind. All right, no low-hanging fruit. That's all you got to think about. All right, let's get moving on. All right, another sad story. Ah, this just doesn't seem to be any good ones these days. All right, this man wasn't a driver, but he was going to truck driving school. And, you know, I'm just going to call him a driver because, you know, he represented the best of us. Anyway, a 29-year-old Sikh man died after he jumped in a river to rescue three children who were swept away in the U.S. state of California, according to media reports. The man identified as Manjit Singh. I'm probably not saying his name properly. I'm, I'm sorry about that. Was visiting Ridley Beach on Wednesday evening near his home in Fresno county when he saw three children struggling in the king's river the los angeles times reported on friday two eight-year-old girls and a ten-year-old boy were playing in the river when they were pulled under the bridge by the current all right since was at the river with his brother-in-law and other friends removed his turban and attempted to use it as a rope to pull the children in but was quickly pulled in himself so what the man did was he took his turban off and he used it and went and threw it out to the kids and tried to pull them in and he got pulled in himself trying to save these kids. All right. He went in to try to help them and unfortunately went underwater fairly quickly and never came back up. All right. Singe was found unresponsive 40 minutes later. 
Now, because of his actions, uh, the kids were able to survive. One of them's in critical condition, okay? She was under the water for 15 minutes. But, you know, unfortunately, Mr. Singe died at the scene. Oh, it's so sad. So, anyway... Apparently, Mr. Singe wasn't a driver yet, all right? He had moved to California from India two years ago, and he had plans to start a trucking comp business and had been taking truck driving lessons on Wednesday before visiting the river. You know, so, you know, what a badass. Now, this, the the Sikh people, they're, they're, they're some of the friendliest people you'll ever meet. Uh, the Sikh temple's right up the street from where I live, the one that got, uh, where they had the shooting a few years ago in Wisconsin. Oak Creek, Wisconsin, and you know, I just can't imagine anybody going in there. These are the nicest people. But anyway, this guy, earlier in the day, you know, like I said, he, he wasn't a driver yet. He was practicing. He was, you know, going to take his, he was going to start a trucking business, and he was taking lessons earlier that day before he went to the river. So, you know what? I'm going to count him as a driver. Rest in peace, driver. You're a badass, and you try to save some kids. As far as I'm concerned, you got my respect, driver. You know, rest in peace, my friend. Rest in peace. And uh, I hope you're up there hauling something somewhere. Or not. Depends on what you want to do. All right, let's get moving on. All right, here's a bizarre story. It says here that... Uh, yeah, you know, we all seen the Ice Road Trucker show, and the first season was pretty interesting. I, I haven't seen all the seasons. It's been a long time since I watched it, but Arthur Burke, I guess he was on one of the later seasons, has pled guilty to arson by negligence for causing an accidental explosion at a Yellowknife apartment. Now, I don't know exactly how bad the explosion was, but apparently it caused $70,000 in damage to the apartment building. And it forced several tenants to, re to relocate to a hotel while repairs were made. So his uh, sentencing, you know, they had to postpone it. They Apparently they postponed it three times. You know, the trial, but uh, the trial was rescheduled for Thursday. But Kevin reported technical difficulties, forced it to move to the following day. So I guess uh, another sentencing date will be set on August 11th. So um, I don't know. I haven't seen a follow-up on this yet, so we'll have to see what happens. But... Uh, Burke was initially scheduled for, uh, scheduled for March. It's amazing how they can drag these things out. His lawyer, his, this is funny. His lawyer recommended house arrest. Okay. That's what the lawyer wanted house arrest. This is where it gets good. The lawyer recommended house arrest, you know, where he, you know, he, <laughs> this is too much, but because Burke was living in his tractor trailer cab at that time. The judge refused to sentence him to house arrest. So basically, if the judge sent him to house arrest and he was living in the truck, does that mean wherever the truck is, that's he's home? So he could just basically do it. It'd be ridiculous. So anyway, that's what, you know, the, <laughs> just thought that was a silly request. But hey, if you can get away with it, you know, whatever. All right, let's move on. All right, this is kind of cool. Yeah, finally, we get to end with something. I think this is the last one. Unless something came in I didn't see, I'll double check before we leave. But anyway, here we go. The 38th annual Shell Rotella Super Rigs Contest. You know, that's the one with the, you know, they have the fancy trucks. I mean, these things are just beasts. These things are beautiful. Anyway, has uh, gone virtual for this year. As most events this year, of course. I mean, it's just been a weird year. Uh, I wanted to go to the Mid-American Truck Show, but that didn't work out. Anyway, the context, the contest, which gives truck drivers from across North America the chance 
to showcase their trucks will accept entries from August 10th to the 21st. All right, so you got to the 21st of August. This year's theme, Legends of the Road, celebrates the brave work truck drivers do before, during, and after the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, the winners will be announced one day between... Uh, oh, the winners will be announced once a day between September 14th and 18th on Shell's Rotella social media channels in honor of the National Truck Driver Appreciation Week. Winners will receive My Miles Matter reward points and a limited edition Shell Rotella jacket. So, you know, polish your trucks for a couple of weeks straight and make them look perfect, and they'll give you a jacket and some points. <laughs> it's a lot of work. But you know, it's a lot of pride, though. People put a lot of work into these things, and these trucks are just amazing. Most of them, anyway. Now, North American truck drivers have faced unprecedented, you know, unprecedented challenges on the road this year. And uh, blah, blah, blah. We, you know, love the what they do and, you know, all the hoopla they say about stuff like that. Anyway, judging will be done by experienced professionals from national truck driving publications and broadcast companies. So much of writers who never drove trucks probably will we'll judge what's the nicest thing. Will take place between the 24th through the September 4th. Many of the traditional Shell Rotella Super Rig categories will be featured, including Best of Show, three awards, Tractor Division, three awards. Uh, tractor trailer division three awards and classic division three awards the classic division is what i always like but anyway there will uh be also two special recognition categories with one award uh, most hard-working trucker contestants that are in competing for the award may enter during the online registration process and tell their personal story of how they worked hard over the past year super rigs judges will select the winner so basically I guess the most hardworking one is uh, go online and uh, cry about how hard you had to work last you know, this year, and maybe you'll win. Um, and we all worked hard, didn't we? You know, it's, it's just that kind of job. Anyway, contestants and spectators can register their vote for the People's Choice Award. And, uh, you know, that's probably the one that, uh, that's the big one. That's the one that really counts, you know, the uh, People's Choice Award. It's the one that people actually like. So anyway, I find that uh, that's kind of interesting, you know. We like that. All right, let's see what else we got. Oh well, looks like that's all we got today. Anyway, we uh, we kind of long today. Thirty-four minutes, thirty-five minutes by the time we're done. So what can I say? It's just that kind of day. A lot of news, a lot of stuff going on, and I'm feeling better. You know, I'm back on my routine. I'm back on my schedule. I usually drive three in the afternoon to three in the morning. I'm um, on a new team uh, while Billy was uh, the guy I rode with on the last company he was a great driver had a great time he's probably one of the best people I've ever driven with now I'm running with Hot Rod Hot Rod will be on here one of these days and uh, Rod's you know Rob's a friend from like a long time you know I've known him for quite a while and he got me in at this new company and, well it's not a new company but a new company for me anyway and I'm pretty excited about that he's really you know, he took a pay cut so he can get me on a better bid. And, you know, I can't ask for a better deal than that. What a friend. So, hey, Rob, if you're out there, shout out, buddy. I'm going to get you on the show sooner or later. All right, you guys will hear Rob. Uh, Rob came up to Wisconsin. We took a, you know, day trip. We went over to the Whittle Hamburger Stand. It's this hamburger stand that was open for 100 years. Over 100 years. I think it's 105 now, 104. Anyway. We took the uh, convertible Mustang, went driving around, had a great time, and uh, showed him around Milwaukee. He's from Illinois, and uh, I think he enjoyed himself, and uh, it was good having a friend up. You know, it's, um, you're going to run team, you know, people are family. You know, if you don't like who you're running with, it makes for a long trip. 
So I miss running with, uh, you know, Wild Billy, but Wild Billy was, uh, you know, he switched and came over to this company too, but he's at a different terminal than I am now. He's closer to his house and I'm quite a bit closer to my house. So, but I got lucky that, uh, you know, I was able to run with Rob because uh, I was supposed to say Hot Rob. Hot Ron? <laughs> I figured it out. It sounds a little freaky when you say it that way. At least it sounds to me that way anyway. But anyway, it's, uh, you know, it's I got really lucky by landing a position and uh, getting on a team and the team meshing right away. You know, if you're going to run sleeper team, there's a few things, you know, you got to get used to it. It's running with a co-driver is very difficult. You're in a small space. It's easy to argue. Luckily, you know, Rob, Rob's not that way. He's easy guy to get along with. Uh, you got to be respectful. You know, if you're not respectful, the team won't last. You know, and there's a few other things, you know, you just got to watch out for. But, you know, don't uh, don't be messy. You know, take your boots off in the front. That's a big one. You know, you don't want to drag all that crap in a sleeper. You know, your dirty boots. You don't want dirt and grime in the sleeper. Yeah, who want that? Besides, if the guy driving looks over and he sees the boots in the front passenger seat in the front, he knows you're in the sleeper. You know, no boots, No, you know. You know, no shoes, no cruise. That's why I put it. You know, no no shoes in the front, no driving down a road. You know, I've never left anybody behind in 25 years. I don't plan on it. Don't, and hopefully it'll never happen. Uh, but if a guy puts his shoes up front, then you know it's not going to happen because you look over and you can see they're not there or they're there. Uh, there's a few other rules for sleeper trucks, but the big thing is just being respectful of your driver. Uh, if you're not sure about something, ask. You know, don't take anything out of consideration and. You know, like, if you know a guy likes this kind of coffee, stop at this kind of place. You know, stuff like that. So, anyway, that's all I got today. I'm going to go ahead and say goodnight. Uh, watch out for some meteors. Give me a call. Six, what is it? 414-666-1926. That's 414-666-1926. Give me a call. Tell me if you got anything on your mind. Tell me if you saw any meteor showers, anything like that. Don't worry, it's a Google Voice number, so nobody's going to pick it up. You can leave a voice message there. And if you don't want me to play it on the show, then just, you know, say so in your message, and I won't. Otherwise, I may play in the show. Why not? It'll be fun. All right, so here we go. I'm going to say goodnight, and, you know, pro well, good morning, because you'll hear this in the morning. But for me, it's goodnight. i got to take a shower and get ready for work. Phoenix awaits. All right, Kingfish out. <laughs>